There are so many things we do control. How you show up in the world every day, you have control over. Episode 231, how to stop worrying about things you can't control. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With more than 3.2 million listens and downloads and growing with every episode, this is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today. Today, best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. Jason, so good to be with you. Obviously virtual, and we are definitely social distancing with about, I don't know, a thousand miles in between us. But all good with you? Uh, it is uh, good with me. I, uh, have, I've spoken to uh, lots of people uh, in the past few weeks. I told you uh, several episodes ago uh, when this all began uh, that my goal was to reach out to uh, five people a day. These might be uh, CEOs of companies I did speeches for previously, uh, previous clients, current clients, people I haven't seen for a long time. Just grab a, a name at random out of my Outlook contacts and just call up and say, how are you and how are you doing? Um, so, so that's been Great. Um, and I will tell you that um, uh, I'm hearing a lot of concern. I'm hearing a lot of fear. I'm hearing a lot of anger. I'm hearing some resigned acceptance. And I'm also starting to hear fatigue and, uh, and everything in between. But uh, so what, uh, what I'm doing is uh, we've been in self-isolation for now three weeks. Uh, there's only been two trips to the grocery store with masks and gloves and disinfecting everything. Uh, no workers in the house. So I, I've got my fingers crossed that the computer systems don't go out because nobody's coming in here to fix anything. Uh, doing a core workout at least once, sometimes twice a day. Uh, 45 minutes of intervals in the treadmill. Uh, staying close by phone to everyone we love, as I said. Working on the new book, writing blogs, writing podcasts, and being typical OCD. Uh, but there's one other thing that we're doing every night at 8 o'clock, which is great fun. And uh, we're howling. Okay. <laughs> you want to hear about you're it? Doing this outside, I do want to hear about this. Yes. I've, All right. So, you're, so you're this is on the phenomenon. All right. So this started about two weeks ago in a little village next to mine uh, called Mill Valley. And I have no idea the spontaneity with which it began, but uh, somebody went out at eight o'clock uh, under their porch or under the balcony and started howling and saying thank you to everybody and thank you to the grocery workers and thank you uh, to drivers and thank you to doctors. And, and every time somebody would shout out a thanks, everybody would just howl, howl, howl. Well, it began in my little village, um, I guess, about a week and a half ago. And so we live up, up kind of high, and then it goes down into a bowl, down into our little village in the water. And so there's lots of houses, uh, homes rimmed around uh, this big, large bowl. And uh, the acoustics are unbelievable. And at 8 o'clock every night, we go out on the terrace. And we just start howling and somebody shouts love and then you hear it ricocheting off the hills or echoing off the hills and then everybody howls and the howling continues for about, uh, I would say five, six or seven minutes. And uh, I will tell you, uh, when you finished howling, um, you, you feel better than before you howled because you truly know that, uh, that you're not in this thing alone. 
And there's just a great feeling of love and compassion that comes from this howling. So, but more importantly than me, what about you? Uh, so tell us how you're handling this. It's really working hard to maintain a consistent schedule. So it's up early every morning. I've got a routine that includes exercise, quiet time, reading. I'm sticking with that routine. I'm closing in on 3000 burpees since the beginning of March. So it's, um, trying to stay in shape. I was having a conversation and, and staying in contact with friends. Um, I'm probably doing between six and seven hours a day on zoom. And that has been the chosen mode of communication. So right before I recorded this podcast, it's a Saturday morning, uh, that we're recording this. I had coffee with three other friends. So there were four of us sitting in front of our webcams, uh, using zoom with a cup of coffee in hand and, and chatting about, you know, what's going on in lives. So the social aspect is really important. The one thing, you know, you talked about what you're hearing from people and I, I'm finding myself go through this. It is maintaining the, the pace and the rhythm is getting to be exhausting. And yes, you know, when you're, when you're in an office, you, you get these breaks, these natural breaks. And yep. now it is meeting stacked up to meeting hour to, by hour for this six, seven hours a day. And then you're catching up the remaining three or four hours on everything else that you're not able to do because you're fully engaged in a video call. And it is by the time the evening hits, I'm exhausted, uh, mentally, <sighs> mentally spent. So I will, uh, and I, uh, and I, I would add two things there. Uh, first of all, I am so grateful for zoom. What a life changer uh, Zoom has has been for so many millions of people. It's a, it's an unbelievable story. It's an unbelievable platform. Uh, I I'm using it like you three, four, or five hours a day. I guess so. It's uh, it's very exciting, and I never admit the negative, uh, but I will tell you that I'm also feeling fatigued at the end of the day. Very very fatigued at the end of the day, and uh, like you, I'm going through my regular schedule of uh, meditation, of, of planning, of gratitude, uh, of exercise, um, of having a plan, having a program. Uh, we talked about this on a previous episode, how important it is. But I'll tell you what, at the end of the day, when you add that to the, uh, the emotional weight of, of all the unknown around us, I, I think it's part of it. I'm, I'm fatigued at the end of the day. And, and, and I will tell you, instead of sleeping eight hours a night, I am sleeping nine hours a night. That's the one thing I'm given into. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sleeping nine hours a night. I did go out and I had a truckload of firewood delivered and I am, we've got a, it's called a solo stove. If anybody knows it, it's this yep. portable fire pit. Um, and I have a, I've every night that it's not raining, I have a, a little bonfire in my backyard and just enjoy the outdoors even more. So it's fantastic. We're my my my, ways. Uh, my own Indiana Jones. I love it. <laughs> so let's let's dive into our topic today. Um, I love okay. this. We we just barely brushed up against it a few episodes ago, and uh, today we're going to dive further into this: how to stop worrying about the things that we cannot control. Something you said you wanted to talk about. So, what's your motivation for the discussion today? 
Well, it's all the people I've been talking to in the past three weeks and separate family from this. I'm, t- I'm talking about the CEOs who have reached out to me, uh, the husband and wife, small business owner who reached out to me a few days ago. Uh, there's a group of people in the world who have been uh, fans of my books for years. And along the way, through an exchange of emails, we've gotten to know one another and they're all in business. So um, I have probably talked to 75 to 100 people. And I will tell you this. Many of them, uh, I, I, I kind of sit back and listen and because that's what they want me to do. And I, I find a lot of people are trying to control the uncontrollable. And, and so then a couple of days ago, I was thinking how we ended a previous episode uh, where you asked me for a final thought. And I said, yeah, it's, it's my thought today is the serenity prayer. And uh, it's and anybody of any faith. Uh, can pray the prayer. It's uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So I, I, I thought I wanted to talk about the things we can control, the things we can't control, and, and how you could know the difference. And and so I almost didn't want to do the episode. So I wanted to do this episode, and I thought, no, we won't do this episode because it's so much common sense, uh, and and everybody should know this stuff. Uh, but after talking to all of these people over the last several weeks, what I, what I do know is a line I've used for much of my career, and it applies to me as well. Uh, I'm not pointing a finger at others. It applies to me as well. I catch myself all the time. But the most common thing about common sense is how uncommon common sense is uh, in, in many instances. And so uh, let's talk for a couple of minutes about the things we can't control. Um, you know, we cannot control other people. Uh, and I will admit that's a lesson I learned the hard way. At the beginning of my career, uh, I was very guilty, and I mentioned this to you just several episodes ago. I was guilty of trying to make people be what I wanted them to be as opposed to what they were going to be. That was a lesson learned the hard way. So you can't control other people. Uh, you can't control the weather. You can't control traffic. You can't control dumb luck. You can't control the virus. You can't control time. You can't control what other people think. You can't control the economy. You can't control what other people say. You can't control change. Uh, you can't control when and where you were born. You can't control your parents, your talent. You can't control dying. You can't control the past. You can't control the future. So, so the obvious question is, why waste one moment of your time thinking, worrying, and obsessing about trying to control things that you're unable to control? Because if you think about it, Dale, There are so many things we do control. How you show up in the world every day, you have control over. Who or what you're prepared to forgive, you control. Um, When to ask for help, you control that. How you choose to spend your time, you control that. How to stay healthy, the number of burpees you're doing is an impressive number, you control that. How you spend your money, how you use your resources, you control. How much love you're willing to share. Uh, your environment, you control. I'm a little OCD. I control my environment. That works for me. You control whether or not you choose to keep your commitments. Uh, you choose to be what kind of parent or mentor you are. Uh, you choose the example you set for others. You choose how generous you're prepared to be. So those are the lists that I made this week of the things you have no control over. And then the list, my list of the things 
that I do have control over. And because I'm imperfect, they're probably imperfect lists. But what I would suggest is a great exercise. This was so good for me to do this week. Uh, and, and we're all going to need a lot more of this uh, as I actually sat down with my legal pads of paper. And number one, I made a list of the things that I control. Okay. Uh, and I drained myself. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the technique of draining. It, it's, it's a great communication technique for everybody to know. Uh, let's say somebody comes to you with a complaint uh, and, and you say, well, tell me the whole story. And then you say, well, tell me more. And, and, and then what happened? And what did that mean to you? And just drain them, drain them, drain them. And by the end of being drained, most people will understand how trivial what they're complaining about is. So that was the original context in which I learned that exercise. So make a list of the things you control. Just set up two pads of paper, two pieces of paper on, on your work service. And one is the things I do control. And the one things, uh, one sheet is the other things that I don't control. So what I urge you to do is take my list. I just mentioned the things in my list and make it bigger, better, and longer. So make a list of the things you can control. Number two, make a list of what you can control. And again, drain yourself. You don't have to do it with one sitting. Let the pieces of paper sit out there for a couple of hours or a half a day or a whole day in the case of, my, in, of myself. And every time I would walk by my desk or come back, I would sit down and say, ooh, there's something else I can add to that list. So number three, take the list of what you can control and keep it. Number four, review the list of those things you can't control and keep it with the list of the things you can control. And then what I would urge you to do, I've had a, this has been a very good exercise for me this week. Um, consult both lists daily until they're firmly embedded in your brain and they become part of you. They become second nature. Um, and, and then the other thing that uh, I think you need to do, and I guess it's number six, is once you know what you can and can't control, you need to create a mantra a standby phrase, a statement of affirmation to remind you every day. And uh, I didn't want to go and find one. I wanted to write my own. And so my new affirmation that I'm doing every day, and I'm repeating it a number of times, is amazing things happen when you take control of what you have power over and not try to control what you don't. Amazing thing happens when you take control of what you have power over and not try to control what you don't. Hmm. That is such a fantastic reminder for us in these very trying times, because it's really easy if we sit in front of a TV and just watch the constant barrage for 18 hours a day of yes. all of the negative, all of the worry, all of the anxiety, all of the concern. And we focus on those things that we can't control that ends up being our world. And it does. I, I, I'm not a healthy I'm, place I'm, to I'm be. Not a healthy place to be. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, uh, why. So I would never, I, I can't imagine asking anybody to do an exercise that I haven't done myself. So I have uh, two thoughts uh, I mentioned this one to you maybe a hundred episodes ago. Uh, a theologian told me something. He said, anytime you see uh, a pastor or a priest or an imam or whoever it is preaching, uh, they're, they're, they're preaching about something that they have a need to preach about. So today I'm talking about things, something that I had to need, a need to do this week. 
that's number one. And again, knowing the things that you can control and the things you can't control is vitally important. It should be common sense. But I think we all fall into the trap of trying to control things that we can't. And that's, and that's why uh, I did this exercise for me. I would urge other people to do it. And uh, I'm reminded of something that Zig Ziglar said uh, when somebody told him once, um, uh, I, I don't like motivation uh, because uh, motivation disappears in a day. And Zig Ziglar's response was something to the effect of, I completely agree with you. And, and that's why we take a shower every day because you don't shower once you you shower every day. Uh, We don't get motivated once we need to get motivated every day. And, um, so yesterday I left my office and I went outside for a few minutes to sit and think. And I thought this exercise this week has been very, very good for me. Um, and I hope it's uh, good for some other people. I, um, uh, cause I think I maybe have a slight tendency to try to control some things that I can't. So, uh, and I'm, I'm hearing a lot of other people do it. So I, I, I'm not, I'm not preaching from a position of perfection. I, I guess I'm preaching from a position of, um, it's part of my life too. Absolutely. Um, you are practicing what you preach and it reminds, this reminds me of something that I've, I've written down and I look at on a regular basis, Worry is interest paid on a debt you don't owe. Yep. Wow. Repeat that again. I love it. Worry is interest paid on a debt you don't owe or I don't owe. <laughs> wow. That's big. So, well, that's uh, that's great. I, I figured that sums up exactly what you've spent the last uh, 15 minutes sharing with us and really resetting us for a good week because it's the week we're going to make. And, uh, yeah. And it's important to remember that we do, we are in control of so many things. So I'm going to write that list down along with our listeners. Any final words for us? I do. I do. I do. I do. Uh, I mentioned a few minutes ago that, uh, we do control who and what we forgive. And I had to go to find this because I had heard something, uh, a, a statement attributed to Mahatma Gandhi, uh, oh, quite a while ago. And, and it did have a big effect on me at the time, but somehow I hear so many things. I So I remembered it, but I had to go and find it. And the statement is this, uh, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. That's powerful. I mean, that's, that's worth really thinking about. The weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. That presents an opportunity for something, number one, we can control. Number two, to go out and uh, call somebody who needs to, Yep. you know, if, you, if you've been harbor, harboring uh, some anger against somebody, this is an opportunity to practice forgiveness, be strong in the moment, and uh, definitely something to control. Great reminder, yep. and I wouldn't want and I wouldn't want to end without saying, uh, "Look, um, uh, we're a couple of guys who have uh, somehow allowed our heads to meet our heart, and uh, we're both grateful guys. And I know, on behalf of us, uh, we are sending uh, thoughts and uh, prayers and and hope and gratitude to uh, everyone." 
being affected and impacted by this virus. Absolutely. And for those who are on the front lines, thank you for what you're doing in the grocery stores, our emergency responders in the hospitals, part of the supply chain. Thanks for what you're doing. Absolutely. Heartfelt. Um, I'm in. Okay. With that, I'm going to remind folks that you can subscribe to this podcast so that the latest episode shows up in your favorite podcast player while you are out there doing that. If you would rate and review the podcast, we would be most grateful. Uh, The rating and review makes this podcast show up higher in search results for people who are looking for inspiring, motivating content just like this, something that's going to help make the week better despite what's going on in the world around us. So we would appreciate that. Jason is always available to you. The website, jason-jennings.com. The email address, jason at jason-jennings.com. And uh, you'd like to hear from folks, correct? Still staying on top of I the do. email I do, I do, I do. Yes, oh, of course, of course. Uh, that's That's now just muscle memory. Perfect. Okay. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have Jason keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Make it a great week. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.